Hey, this is Marie from Brado Hawaii. I wanted to welcome you on a new episode of Naysayers, where we're going to be discussing about entrepreneurship, equestrian sports, as well as everything related to the company and how we aim to improve the market in the future. If you want to find out more, feel free to subscribe, follow us on Instagram, and of course, check out our nice catalog of horses. Take care, Zach. See you soon. Ciao, ciao. Hola. Hello, Nicola. How are you? Uh, very good, Marie. How are you? Very good. Very good. How's That's everything great. since since our chat last week? That's great. Everything really good. Everything really good. Everything awesome. worked out good. Where Most are you right now exactly? I am in Belgium right now. Oh, cool. I'm in cool, Belgium. Cool. Did you get to compete this weekend? Nope. It was an off weekend. Nope. Uh, I mean, That's an nice. off weekend. So uh, <laughs> I'll, now I'll compete for three weeks in a row, and that will be the end yeah. of my summer tour. Yep. That's perfect. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, you're so busy. I'm sure a weekend off, a weekend off can be nice. <laughs> yes, that's super, exactly. Super, super. Yeah, but so at, thank you so much for taking the time to my to pleasure, do this and to do the live last week. Greatly appreciate. No. It's always awesome to talk to you. So I wanted to kind of, um, of course, pick up back the conversation that we had last week during our live, but also dive a little bit deeper into into the new facilities they're going to be launching into the services that you also provide as a, as a trainer, because I think that, you know, the whole world is all about network. In the future, if we have someone that says, hey, I need a good trainer in Mexico, it's very likely that we would, tr- you know, direct them towards you, things like this. I think it's always important to kind of understand what people do and how we can help each other to, to build strong and sustainable businesses. I agree with you completely about the networks. I think it's all about that. Nowadays, I think it's all about the network. It's all about how it goes, and that's it. Yeah, which is which is awesome. So let's first start a little bit. I know we've already spoken about that on Instagram the other day, but I think it could be good to kind of cover a little bit about who you are to start with, um, what your what your role is on the international scene, what you do for the Mexican market, and and for the Mexican students that you have, and uh, and start here. Good. Well, I'm Nicolas Pizarro. I'm Mexican born. I'm 43. I'm married and I have two kids and I ride as a professional rider for the Mexican team. I also teach I have taught students to come up to the level of championships. And I normally have been always building up my horses, buying them when they're young and building them, building them up to the, to the Grand Prix level or to the championship level. So it has been an inspiring life because I studied uh, college. Um, I have a, a law degree in Mexico. I never, I never worked in it, but I always wanted to to have something uh, of studies because my thought uh, about the world horse is that we can uh, we can be a change in it, and I think we're living that change. Uh, we were talking a little bit uh, just a second ago about networks, and I really believe in the networks. And to be in the networks, I think you have to have you have to have a little bit more than, than, than just being a good rider or just being a good teacher or just being a good horseman or just being a good uh, horse selector. You have to have these studies and you have to have the knowledge of how to build a team, how to maintain a team, how to be part of a team, how to be a leader and not a boss. Uh, and, this, and this way you can really build and you can really grow and you can really think a little bit uh, out of the bucket in in becoming 
multitask, if you want to call it like this. Of course, so, of course. Uh, during my life, I've, I've tried uh, to set my goals and be patient with them. And uh, I have to be really honest that I have had the fortune of, of being part of very, very, very nice teams and forming very, very nice teams. And, and this all together with my family. Uh, now Nicholas and Macarena, my two, my two older uh, sons, uh, are in the horse world. They both ride. They both do uh, photos of horses, and so they're selling their photos, and they're, they're getting a little bit involved. Rocio, my wife, she's completely into the administration, and she was in charge of, the, of our newest project that was building our new facility. We are 85% of the construction done. We're almost uh, to change to it. And I have to say, probably this was uh, the the cherry and the cake of, of my dreams, to have my own place, to run my own facility, and to be able to, to, to keep my students and keep my horses in, in the property uh, all together. And the most important, to be able to do shows, to be able to, to give out a very nice service. We're gonna be the best, the first place in Mexico to, to do a, a junction of a social life with the horses. We're going to have a, a, an amazing horse facility, but I also in this horse facility, we're going to have very, very unique and very nice uh, commodities for the, for, the, for the students and for the families of the students. We're going to have a restaurant, we're going to have a bar, we're going to have a cafeteria, we're going to have a gym, we're going to have offices, we're going to have uh, open spaces for the, for the clients to, to have their, their meetings there. So it's something uh, to get the whole family involved and to, to make it a very inclusive place where you think of going to ride, uh, not only going riding, uh, the, uh, spending the day there. So we're almost there. We're almost That's there. Right. This, this is going to be the first stage. And in the first stage, all the horse facilities are going to be ready. And hopefully by the, in September, we're going to be in, in, the, in the facility. And hopefully by January, we have all the social parts ready, ready to rock and roll. I think it's it's super interesting the way you're thinking about it because it's it's a very entrepreneurial aspect to the horse world as well. I think that the when you allow people to have space in which, for example, you were talking about open spaces where they can take their meetings, more and more people are taking you know work remotely. More and more people are managing their own companies. And I do think that when you look at, you know, the top customers that we do have in, in show jumping, most of the, the students that ride, their parents run businesses and all sorts of things. And it's tricky if they can't have a space where they can work to actually mm -hmm. be able to follow the kids' journey in the sport. And I think that if you're doing this, it's going to allow so many families to be connected on a much deeper level to the progress of their kids while being able to run their businesses on the go. Exactly. That's, that's exactly our, our goal, that's exactly our purpose, and that's exactly what we're thinking uh, on, on doing and having and developing, and the most important, on uh, getting it to work uh, and, to, and to have a, a, a proper life. And Absolutely. for this, it's, 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 a family. It's, a, it's a family dream, it's a family project, uh, now that uh, all in my family are involved. So that's 
that's that's where we're heading to. Nice. Fantastic, absolutely fantastic. I wanted to, to cover a few questions. I know we spoke about the Mexican market last time and, and its in its growth in the international markets and, and how you guys are producing horses that could be also more and more present, I, I should say, internationally, as well as the growth of the circus in Mexico attracting American clients and stuff. Um, from a trainer's perspective, I have a few questions that are related to the import and export market, the, the trading side of and I know that you have a fantastic reputation when it comes to running the, the trading side of, side of the business. And I would love to hear your perspective on a few things. Um, so as you know, we're a sales operation. So it's always good for me to ask that type of questions because I get to also learn and expand my knowledge on that aspect. Mm -hmm. As a trainer, your role when you, when you help students buy the right courses um, for them to progress is, is known to be fairly, fairly important. What would you say has allowed you to grow such a big business over the years? And how do you help your students in their journey to acquire the right horses, be under the right, you know, have the right horses to ride and, and progress in the right conditions, knowing how difficult and how ruthless the market can be? Okay, so first of all, as you, as you just said, it, it has to be a matter of confidence. Everything has to run in the confidence side. I think uh, for you to have success, it has to be, uh, the confidence has to be blind. The, the client, the student has to trust you that you're going to go and look out for the best horse in the market under their budget. Yeah. I think uh, here, something very important is that every budget, you have to have it as a, uh, uh, it has to have the respect. Uh, not because a person can spend a certain amount of money, it doesn't mean he can't have a good horse. I think you have to be very, very clear uh, about the goals, about the, about the, uh, what everybody wants to do, what everybody wants to go, where everybody wants to go. But I think something that it's very, very clear about uh, market is the budget. You have to look for the best horse of the budget of the client. That's yeah. what I think. You don't have to. You don't have to think that because the budget is low or because you 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 marked the budget as low, then you have to go buy something that it's worthless. No, I think you have to go buy the best horse of that budget, and then Absolutely. you're giving the respect to the client. But that's the other part that I think is very important. You have to run under a respect uh, relationship. Absolutely. Uh, the, the minute, the, minute uh, the client has respect for you as a trainer, uh, in the respect, you, you, you can have, of course, the communication. You have to have the, the timings. You have to have uh, uh, everybody going around. Uh, the same ideals and the same goals and if the client is looking for the horse I think it has to be very clear that the trainer has to be uh, involved because th that's what the experience is all about the trainer uh, normally they, they I don't know why they really try to hide a commission hiding a commission only it gets you to, to break the communication it only gets you to, to, to go into a dark side. I think the commission is something fair if you understand what the commission is. The commission is 
the knowledge and the experience of the trainer of recommending you a horse that it's going to work and it's going to be your vehicle for your goals. And if it doesn't work, the trainer has to have a partner or the person that is looking for the horse because it's very difficult as a trainer to also have uh, horses, it's not the common. So as a trainer, you have to have your networks and here we come back again to the networks of persons you trust that scout and look and, and review and study and follow horses for your different customers. So that's yep. why I think you have to do a commitment and you have to follow a common path. I think you have to be always with the same partners. I think you have to trust your partner. Your partner has to trust you, has to respect you, has to be really straightforward with what we said about the budgets of the clients, has to look for the best horses, has to really do their job, and then everybody's happy. Then Absolutely. the client is happy because he bought a horse that it works for him. Then yeah. the trainer has a new job and has the responsibility of getting those goals and those dreams into the real life. And then the seller has uh, has to be happy because he made it. Uh, uh, he made the business. He won money, but the best of it, a horse will go into the into the sport with his name and with his reputation. So I think if this horse goes great, people will start looking for horses from that person. That is the most important part of selling horses, that you really have to be a great team because it's too many things involved. Everybody thinks that it's only buying a horse. No. And for them, for that horse to really deliver the results, the expectations, the dream that everybody has put on the horse, it's really, really a tough job. When, when we talk about amateurs, there's many things that go through their heads. They're always with the work, they're always with the family, they're always with pressures, they're always with traveling, they're always doing this and that. So what they have the least time is sometimes to train. So you have to have a horse that's really educated, that's really suitable for the client. But then many things I have to, just said have to come into work. The groom has to be a good groom. The horse has to like the new house. The horse has to like how he's treated and what he eats, what he drinks, uh, uh, the new rider. There's many, many things. So at the beginning of the network, I think everything has to work uh, ideal. And this is, you have to trust your, your, your teacher. You have to trust your trainer. Your trainer has to have a very good network of people looking for horses and uh, uh, doing their work. And then the, the part of the respect for the, for the budget, for the uh, dreams, for the egos, and for the quality of the rider has to come. Uh, and then I think uh, you can really, really, really think you have a, a good chance of, of being a successful, a successful uh, sale or a successful lease. Uh, as I tell you, it's many, many things. It's not only about the sale, it's hours and hours. And then uh, things that are not even in your hands. There, there's things that, that come out of our hands. But I think if we, if we never forget 
the the basic parts where the, the possibilities of having a successful story is far high. It's a, it's a super it's a super interesting approach, and the reason why I ask this is is because so as you know I I I'm trying to challenge some of the the little issues and some of the problems that we see in the industry by creating a you know place where people can buy purchase horses. And one thing that I've come to the realization over the last year of running this business is that as you say, it's not about the moment where you say, "Oh, nice horse, I'll sit on it and buy it." There is a full pre-purchase trust to build a full during purchase you know the scouting the presentations of horses the way they present the way the sellers interact with the clients when the client goes there's so many factors that make people say yes that's the horse for me and no that's not the horse for me i think there's a huge challenge when it comes to the matching of the horse to two person and one thing that i think is super crucial for us to implement is is definitely partnerships with trainers i think that this is what's going to allow you know business to scale but also one other thing that is that is super challenging in the horse world is also you know the difficulty to sell horses because of people's expectations for the horse to be immaculate on the inside what i mean by this is people tend to be very difficult with the x-rays and my question to you as a trainer is we know the importance of the horse's health of course when you spend you know whatever amount of money, whether it's, it's five figures or six figures, you want your horse to be healthy. Would you say that the x-rays are absolutely crucial or do you recognize that some horses in the industry don't have great x-rays but yet are healthy all their life and do serve the purpose of being a high-quality Grand Prix show jumper as they should? What, what would you say about that specific difficult aspect of purchases related to the vet checks and the x-rays? Okay. This is a difficult chapter, but uh, talking about the networks this is a very, very, very important part. And I think that the x-rays is always something uh, where, where sales can get stuck, as you say. Give me, give me just a second. No. Um, and I think you have to have in your network a veterinarian in which you trust, in which you can work, in which you can you can uh, you can follow him and a great communication between the trainer and the vet yeah i think when you when you approach to this uh, there's two things a horse is as good as his legs that's it a horse can be fantastic and if he's never sound we have heard that story tons of times tons of times but if he's never sound he cannot jump but if a horse is amazing sound and he cannot jump, or he cannot leave the poles on top of the jumps, this also doesn't work. So what I have to say is that you have to you have to keep your horses sound. You have to do a good program to keep them sound. I think yes, the vet check is important. I personally don't don't give so much of a granite for, for a perfect vet check. I prefer the horse looking at it. The best vet check for me, it's a record. If the horse can keep going, and if he has details, then I will have a good vet that can keep me that horse going. But the most important is that, uh, is that I have uh, trust in my vet, and that my vet can keep me that horse going. So I think that it's important uh, to have to have a vet that's really committed, and and then at the end that he will he will get that going. And here, the, uh, another thing 
is that you have, a, have to have a very, very, very good blacksmith. Everything starts from the blacksmith. A horse can be perfect sound, it can have super x-rays. And then if the blacksmith, for whatever reason, uh, doesn't match the necessities of the horse, of the balance of the horse, of the size of the shoes, or, or, or whatever it's needed, then you can go into another trip. So at the end, it's, it's a very big team that you have to stay behind. It's it's a very it's a very challenging one, isn't it? I think I think a lot of it is also related to you know as you say people's teams and different influences that you see in the purchase operation. Like for example, some of the main challenges we face are: hey, my trainer doesn't think that this horse is suitable for me, which is a total irrelevant argument to not consider a horse for purchase. And another one is: hey, you know this horse has bad X-rays. It's I think we need to as an industry find a solution to help people understand in advance what the different um, risks are upon, you know, the, as you say, the, the, the vet check itself, because, you know, something might be wrong on the, on the vet check, but might never reflect in the horse's um, health when competing until the end of its life. So I think it's, it's a very personal decision also. And it's your ability as a buyer to say, okay, I'm willing to take X amount of risk with my money with this purchase, and I think that this is also such a such a personal, fine decision to make. It's a very tricky one. What would you say has been your most successful, personally? I'm saying not to include any any client in this question. Personally, what's been your most successful purchase or your most successful bet with a horse? For example, you bought a young horse from Europe or whatever, imported, produced it to Mexico, and taken it to the Grand Prix. Do you have any particular story like that? Yes, of course, crossing Jordan, the horse that took me to the Olympics, he was the, the most on sand horse. He had two times laminitis, and with that, he jumped to championships. He went over, he, he jumped to world championships, and he jumped to the Olympics. And this is exactly that horse was only fit when he had to be fit for the shows. But every, every time else, he was unfit. His x-rays were very normal. And that's what I tell you, when you have a, a, a nice group of vets, a nice group of carriers, a nice group behind you, it's, it's always about a, a group behind you. It's always about a team. It's always about about uh, everyone giving their best. I think in this sport, the more you're in, the more you know how difficult it is to keep your horses sound during for a championship, before a championship, for, for a season, for timing. And then there's there's everyone talking. There's too much gossip going around. It's a, it's a very small world. Everybody knows everyone, and everybody tells their story as they want to as they want to tell it, and everybody hears their story uh, uh, for their convenience. So I think it's it's very important just to work, do your job, follow your instincts, keep a nice team, and that's it. Well, that's brilliant. I think we'll we'll leave it on that note. It's it's been brilliant to have you, Nicola, and I'm sure we'll we'll have so many chances to do this again and catch up on on progress and future wins. Um, thank you so much for taking the time. I think that's a lot of really really good knowledge for for our our audience as well as buyers, sellers, and and riders. And I'm looking forward to see how how good you do in the next coming months. Perfect. Thank you so uh, much, Mary. Thank see you, you later. to your audience. Of course. And have a great summer. You too. You too. Take care. 
Hey, how was that? I hope you found a lot of value and a lot of learnings in this new episode of Nezais. For more information, feel free to subscribe to the podcast, get in touch with our team, and remember, if you're looking to either sell or buy a high-quality show jumping horse, you know where to find us. See you soon, on to the next episode of Nezais, and have a lovely beginning of the summer. Ciao.